Hi. Welcome to the CGOE Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're going to go over what the heck happened with the CFL All-Star reveal today with Derek Taylor. We're also going to talk to Mike Rainbow, head coach of the Winnipeg Westman men's basketball team, as their season begins on Friday. That's all coming up on the podcast. Westman basketball is about to get underway. The Canada West basketball season begins Friday across the western part of this country, and that includes the Winnipeg Westman, who will open their season at home against Thompson Rivers. The women's team is coming off an incredible season, in which they won silver in the conference, made the national championship game, and they were blown out by Ryerson. But hey, making the final is really good. Men's squad, they were okay. They went 8-8 eight and eight to finish at exactly 500 for the second year in a row. Head coach of that team is Mike Rainbow. He's been at the helm for a long time. Heading into his 13th season as a coach there. Career record is two games above 500 in conference play. 113 and 111 overall. I caught up with him earlier today. Well, Mike, another season about to start. Uh, how are things feeling right now with the team? Yeah, I mean, we're obviously excited to get into conference play and uh, you know move into the next part of the season. Preseason was um, good for our group. We're learning lots and we have a fairly young group. So the time together has been really positive. So you start with Thompson Rivers on Friday and then Victoria the week after that. You're facing teams you haven't played in a few years. How different is this year's schedule going to be compared to last year where you only played teams from uh, Manitoba and Saskatchewan? Well, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a different schedule. We're going to be, you know, back to air travel and uh, I guess what you would call a, a more no, normal conference schedule. So from that standpoint, uh, you know, it'll be exciting. It'll be nice to see some different teams, I guess. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. How does scouting change now that you're facing teams you haven't played in a few years? It really doesn't change at all, to be honest with you. I mean, with technology, video, and all of those things, I mean, the process of preparing to play games is pretty pretty set, regardless of who you're playing. And, you know, you do your homework and you prepare for, you know, their strengths and weaknesses and things that you think might happen and uh, hope for the best. You mentioned you got a young team. You have a junior, no seniors, and that's it in terms of upperclassmen. Sean Moran and leading the way there. How important is he going to be to this team? Yeah, Sean obviously is, uh, you know, crucial to, to what we do. I mean, the ball's in his hands a, a whole bunch, and he runs the show from the point guard position a uh, huge volume of time. And, you know, he's been with us for a few years, so um, definitely pivotal. Now, I've been told that you've got a recruit from Europe on your team. Would that be Alberto Gordo? Uh, correct. And yeah. how did you land him? Uh, I mean, you go through recruiting and you talk to people and you talk to, to coaches and kids and you get recruits. I mean, for him to come from Spain to Winnipeg must be uh, quite the change. Yeah, I mean, he's from the Canary Islands, so I keep telling them that this is as cold as it's going to get. So don't don't worry about what's coming in terms of winter and, uh, you know, everything it will be OK that way. I mean, obviously, he's traveled a long way. He's the second Spanish player that we actually have on our, our roster, Mikhail Mikhailov. Joined our team last year at Christmas, um, you know, so there's a bit of a connection with uh, two Spanish players on our roster. And what skill set does he bring to the team? Alberto or Mikhail? Let's go with Alberto. Alberto, uh, I mean, he's a, a bit of a bigger point guard that has the ability to also score. He's a, a good creator. 
you know, he uses the dribble to get to spots on the floor and find his teammates. Uh, he's definitely able to score the ball from from range on the perimeter as well as, uh, you know, find crafty ways to get to the bucket and uh, create scoring opportunities for himself and others. And how about Mikhail? He's your, your biggest player on the team at 6'9". Yeah, he's uh, he's been good so far to start the year. I mean, he's been uh, rebounding well at both ends and finishing inside, and it's uh, you know really important for him to bring a physical presence for us. For the likes of Don Stewart and uh, James Ray, Emmanuel Thomas, guys who who are going into their second years with the program. Uh, Don was a as a redshirt freshman. How important is a is that first year of experience they got last year to helping them take the next step this year? Yeah, I think all of the the guys that we have that have spent some time with us previous to this year are absolutely imperative. I mean, we have a lot of new faces. We have a lot of young young guys that are trying to sort things out. So to have everybody working to, you know, push things in the same direction is, is really, really important. And, you know, just to sometimes have a teammate that's gone through similar circumstances that you're in is, is very helpful and that... You know, is something where, you know, we're sort of embracing the youth that we have and the opportunity for some of those younger guys to to be in leadership positions earlier than potentially they could have been. What are your expectations for the team this year? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I think we're sorting out our expectations daily. I mean, with a young group, our, our focus is to, you know, concentrate on today's tasks and, uh, you know, just continually be trying to grow and improve and, you know, go through all of the experiences that that we have to to figure out you know how we can be the best group uh possible and come together to you know be the best sort of sum of all the parts seated eighth out of 17 teams in the preseason coaches poll is that something you look at at all me personally no not really um i I think uh you know we all have to do it as coaches preseason but really the the proof is in the pudding and it's a long season. So it's, it's really about how you perform uh, each weekend and, you know, who's getting better and, you know, where you are, you know, week by week. Regarding the schedule, you've got uh, the home opener this weekend against Thompson rivers. After that, you have one home game until the middle of January. Uh, Do you like the fact that the back half of your schedule is more loaded towards the home games? Well, I mean, the the first thing I got to do is I have to plug the Westman Classic because we're definitely going to be running that this year. So those will be some exciting home games for us to to host and hopefully for people to come out uh, and enjoy. So, you know, we do have the singular home game after that, like you said, but we will be hosting the Westman Classic December 28th to 30th. Um, but yeah, the finishing up with a, a huge portion of, of home games should be positive for us to hopefully be playing our best basketball. And is there anything else you want to touch on before I let you go? I just think we have a really exciting young group, a group that's playing well together. And hopefully uh, some people will get out and and support the, the, the fellas and watch some good quality basketball this weekend. Mike, appreciate it. Thanks for this. And uh, we'll see you at the Duckworth Center this weekend. Sounds great. Take care. Mike Rainbow is the head coach of the Westman men's basketball team. They open against Thompson Rivers on Friday. The women are at six, the men at eight. The Manitoba Bisons, they're at home to Alberta at six and eight as well. And then the Brandon Bobcats host Regina as well on Friday. 
the reason I didn't get to watch uh, much of Game 1 of the World Series is, A, because I saw the score on the ticker at one point in the Blue Bomber broadcast booth. That's because I was calling the action for Derek Taylor, who was out ill, and Derek Taylor is recovered. He is back. Derek Taylor, welcome to the show, and uh, thank you for letting me step into your shoes as you were sitting on the couch on Friday. Have you talked much about on the show what it was like? Because I'm curious to get your your impression of what it was like going a a CFL game. I really haven't, uh, just because I thought that would be self-indulgent. I did on other shows when they asked me about it, but since you're asking me, I will say it was a lot of fun. I think doing it with someone like Doug Brown, who's been doing it for years, made it a lot easier for me. Yeah, I think uh, just being on the broadcast regularly, having heard Bob do it for the last few years, hearing you do it this year, I think that really helped me know the beats of the broadcast to know what, where all the sponsor tags are supposed to go uh, and feel the rhythm of the pre and post game show as well. So, and then you've got the, you, you send out a very detailed description of the pregame show every week. So I basically just took that copy pasted in my own stuff over top of, uh, over top of what you had sent out. So you made it easier for me. Doug made it easier for me. Ed and Greg on the pregame show made it easier for me. And uh, just, I had a blast doing it. It's it's something that I enjoy doing. I do a lot of university play-by-play. Obviously, the second half uh, was not spectacular action and <laughs> test your ability to, yeah. to you know keep it interesting. I tried my best with Doug there, but uh, I had a lot of fun. I don't know if you listened or if you have any thoughts, but uh, oh, glad you're back healthy. Yeah, no, I got a chance to listen to the second quarter. I was laid up in bed sweating my face off, but I, I got a chance to listen to the second quarter. And you, it's it's real it's a real testament to to Doug Brown in that uh, he transitioned from a partner he'd known all his life to me, and then I listened to you two guys in the second quarter, and obviously you share broadcasts together and you know each other, but it sounded like old hat for you two guys. So I thought it was I thought it was fantastic. I thought you did a hell of a job, and to get to get that in on I mean relatively short notice uh, is uh, it's a real real feather in your cap, my friend. I I appreciate you helping out like that. That was awesome. Well, thank you, Derek. Glad to have you back. Uh, You're going to be back for the West Final and the Coaches Show next Monday as well. But let's talk about today's news. And originally, I mean, I had texted you early today to talk about the CFL All-Star selections. Let's go on and just, you know, go through the list. And then we get the fun news that, oops, there were mistakes. And boy, were there mistakes. 19 changes in terms of people that were on the first one that aren't on the second one and vice versa. First of all, when you when you saw the list this morning, did you immediately think something was up? I I don't know if I thought something was up, but because sometimes like there are often guys that I go, that guy is not an all star. How did he get voted an all star? But when I think about it, some of them were 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 so egregious that they didn't make sense, right? Guys who are backups got named all stars. Guys who are on practice roster got named all stars, and you went. This is just really bad. Like, are we all terrible as voters? And as voters, we were kind of chastising each other, going, what are you guys voting for? How is player X an all-star? What is going on here? And then the CFL, you know, has to bite the bullet and say, we made a mistake in tabulating. We'll have the uh, we'll have the, the true all-stars out soon. I'm curious what the mistake in tabulating was, because they're now incorporating fan voting into this, and... Oh boy, the fans had some picks that were very popular, but not guys who who deserved to be on the All Star team this year. Well, yeah, that seemed to be the issue was an overweighting of the the fan vote. That's what Jeff Hamilton's reporting, and 
you look at like Donald Rutledge Jr. is on the list of Blue Bomber All Star Blue Bombers that made the initial All Star cut. And you're thinking, well, this guy was put on the practice roster the last couple weeks of the season, and Winston Rose made the All Star team, and I, there are better defensive backs in the CFL than him. And I, and one of the big arguments was the fact that the Calgary offensive line, which had the fewest number of sacks allowed and the best running game in the CFL this season, had nobody on the yeah. list, and I think that set off alarm bells. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Andrew Harris was an all-star in the East, and he had 400 yeah. yards rushing. And I thought, well, everybody's been hurt in the East, sure, and most teams have used at least two running backs, but you just can't do that. So I was glad. Winston Rose is one that uh, I saw the fan voting had him second a couple weeks back, and I, and I looked at my database, and I don't have a defensive back that's allowed more yards in coverage than Winston Rose. So and Bomber fans who watched the early season have watched throughout guys, teams use double moves on him. And, and wax him deep, you go, we just we just knew as Bauer fans, this guy wasn't an all-star. I maybe don't know who the all-star should be, but it's it's not Winston's year. So, yeah, it was it was an uncomfortable bunch of hours going, who, who are the people that were doing this? Because my ballot looks absolutely nothing like this. And then you doubt yourself going, do I have any idea what's happening in football? Because my ballot looks nothing like this. So did your ballot look more like the one that was unveiled later on in the evening? Uh, it looked, it looked honestly, it looked almost identical. Like quarterback, running back, none of that changed. The five receivers in the West: Dalton Schoen, Dominic Rhymes, Malik Henry of Calgary, Nick Devsky, and Kenny Lawler were exactly in the order that I had them. And I was, I was kind of surprised because Devsky didn't. Devsky was 17th in the league in yardage, but of course, 10 touchdowns is why he made high on my list. So I guess the voters were alongside. The the one difference I had. From the final offense in the West was I had uh, Calgary's guard at uh, at one of the guard spots instead of Winnipeg's Patty Newfeld. So uh, that was the only one difference there. And then on defense, uh, I had a different Calgary linebacker at one spot. But other than that, uh, I was I was impre- impressed, uh, curious, whatever it was, to see that twenty five of the guys I picked showed up in the in the twenty seven spots. And you just vote on the West, right? Correct. Yeah. I used to, I used to have a whole, whole league vote, but yeah, now it's just the West division. So break down uh, how the voting works. Uh, when do you have to have that vote in and, and who all votes on these things? So there's four representatives from the media in each market that vote for, uh, you know, their team awards and then uh, the, the division itself. There's also a vote for each of the head coaches in the league. And, and then they factor in some of the fan voting as well. So I would have got sent my all-star ballot on Thursday with a deadline of, forgive me if the deadline was Sunday at like eight o'clock. So you, I then sat down and, and ground through it. And there were some, there were some brutally tough decisions. Like you, you look at the West and you go, there's four guys that could be in one of these two tackle spots. So what am I going to do with that? And I had five defensive ends that I was looking for in for again, for two defensive or, or four defensive ends, Five linebackers for two spots, I thought was a real big one. Uh, Adam Big Hill ended up getting one of the All-Stars. He was one of the All-Stars on my ballot. But there are, there are four, you know, three other guys that didn't get voted in that really could feel left out because it, it's a real – when you want to get to it and you want to get down to it, and I, I try to get really nerdy with this and really kind of evaluate who did what for whom and under what circumstances, it, it, it'll take me hours to get through my ballot because I just, I just feel like it's super important. And I kind of like testing myself to go, well, what do I view as more important? Is it 15 sacks or is it, you know, Willie Jefferson with seven sacks leading the league in quarterback pressures and 
all this other impact that he has. So it's it's a, it's a neat process. But yeah, so four times, uh, five times, uh, five is so I guess twenty five balloters in the West essentially decide it, and then they factor in the fans. And I guess we don't really know the science behind uh, the fan voting, but that's new, right? That that was new this year, and it was. I'd seen some numbers early, like it's going to be this percentage or that, and whatever it was, um, it, it I, I'm, I'm getting, guessing, and you're, you're saying Jeff Hamilton's, that's the part that didn't go right. And fans will say, I mean, media will say, well, fans shouldn't vote, and fans should say, well, media shouldn't vote because they get it wrong and they do it. And then I would say, well, the players shouldn't vote because the players are also biased because they like their guys and they don't like other guys. And they'll vote for a guy they played twice in the year, but didn't see the rest of the year. And so everybody's got problems in voting. So we, we need to figure out something while keeping everybody involved in this, because uh, there's, there's good input on all sides of this. It's just, sometimes it, it can go really, really, really wrong. So among the bombers that got named all-stars, again, we'll go over them right now. Zach Kolaris, a quarterback, Dalton Schoen and Nick Dembski at receiver, Pat Newfeld and Stanley Bryant at guard. Willie Jefferson, defensive end, Adam Big Hill, linebacker, Dietrich Nichols at halfback, and Janarian Grant as a special teamer. Any issues with any of that? Was that exactly who you had on yours? I didn't see. I didn't have Janarian Grant uh, because, uh, oddly enough, uh, the most outstanding special teams player from the West was Mario Alford of Saskatchewan. And it's interesting that he's the most outstanding special teams nominee for the West, voted on by the same people who said, He's not the all-star special teamer in the West. It's Janarian Grant. So I don't know if, if voters uh, didn't see what that was coming or decided, well, I'll give this to this guy and this to that guy. But those in, on my ballot, those were exactly the same award. The guy I named MOST was going to be the special teams player on the all-star team. Uh, that said, Janarian Grant had three return touchdowns and some big ones this season. So let's not kid ourselves. He, he was very deserving. His kickoff return average, his punt return average were fantastic. So he, But for me, he was just a hair behind Mario Alford, who had four return touchdowns uh, for the Riders. I wanted uh, – I've done for a long time left tackle, right tackle, because I hate these traps that we fall into as as voters, I, I think. For a long time, it was we're gonna, you're going to get two middle – well, for it used to be you're going to get three middle linebackers as the all-star linebackers. And that never made sense to me. So I very intentionally chose a weak side linebacker, a middle linebacker, and then a cover linebacker. So I've, I've for a long time gone left tackle and right tackle because a guy like Jamarcus Hardrick is never going to get the love that he deserves. Like, once again, for me, that guy's the best right tackle in the Canadian Football League. And he, he's not going to get the votes because there's a real focus on this, this old notion that left tackles protecting the blind side and blah, 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 blah. It, it just doesn't hold up for me. I think Bryant and Derek Dennis, they're definitely two of the guys I considered at tackle. I just feel for a guy like Jamarcus Hardrick, who will never get the love that that he very clearly deserves. So for the players that were named All-Stars this morning that are no longer All-Stars, are they feeling jobbed if there's any kind of incentive bonus that they no longer get to cash in on? Or do they understand that, okay, that list we saw actually wasn't the list? Oh, I, I would think if you have money for five minutes in your mind, like if you're getting, you feel like you're getting jobbed for sure, right? Like if you went to the casino and you won a hundred thousand dollar jackpot and they went, oh, by the way, uh, no, because that says like four dollars, like whatever. You, you thought you had money and you don't. Yeah, you, you would absolutely feel like Winston Rose must, he'll, he won't say it when we talk to him on Friday, but like that guy has to feel 
totally jobbed in this. And that's why it's so important to get it right the first time, right? Like everybody who who was on the opposite end, who wasn't acknowledged, but now gets to be an all-star, probably doesn't feel as good about it as well. So it's just so, so important to get it right the first time. And it's, this is going to be a black eye on the CFL. Like this is something CFL detractors are going to make fun of for, for quite some time. And I, I don't know what to tell them to, to make them stop doing that because it's really, if it, when you don't get the all-star naming the all-stars, correct. I, 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 I just don't know. I just don't understand. Before I let you go, uh, quick thoughts on each playoff game we're going to see on Sunday. I think Montreal and I think Calgary uh, are going to be the ones who advance on Sunday. Montreal, I mean, Hamilton's won a lot of games late in the season. They what, won four in a row to end the season. They were against some really bad teams, except for that game against Calgary, right? They beat Ottawa twice and Sask. So that's their wins, sure. But who did they beat? You could say the same to a lesser extent with Montreal. I just think Montreal, their offense is is better primed and their defense can attack. And I think that's exactly the kind of thing that uh, Dane Evans doesn't want to have happen. So uh, my pick is Montreal in the East East semifinal. I, I have to lean to Calgary, but honestly, I mean, you know well, a healthy Nathan Rourke just flips that whole thing on his head. Is he healthy enough, though, to do that thing where when he's done in the pocket, he can get out and run for his life and keep plays alive? That's that's the thing that we need to see. Uh, I, I pray he's 100% healthy, you know, postseason 100% healthy. I just don't know that I can count on it. And Calgary is really good front to back and offensively and uh, defensively. They're really good. So uh, Calgary and Montreal for me this week. And would you be willing to put a lot of money on those picks or just a little bit? I would be willing to, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot to very confident in Montreal. And because of the Nathan Rourke factor, I am mildly confident in the Calgary. So I wouldn't put a nickel on the Calgary one because man, Nathan Rourke could absolutely ruin everything. He's just that big a deal right this season. So uh, I think, I think Calgary is the, the better team dot, dot, dot. If Nathan Rourke isn't a hundred percent. Gotcha. Derek, appreciate your time. Glad that you're uh, healthy again. And we'll, uh, we'll hear you on uh, Friday talking to players again. Thanks brother. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this.